from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, it's Grand on the Strand Home Pros Radio with your host, Craig Henson. This is Grand on the Strand Home Pros Radio, airing every Saturday at 2 p.m. right here on 94.5 Talk FM. And I am your host, Craig Henson, a.k.a. Craig the Floor Guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile, the area's most trusted flooring professionals. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, We have a great show for you. We're hoping to provide some entertainment um, and some advice, maybe help find a service professional for an upcoming project that you may have, um, help eliminate you from making mistakes, uh, maybe save you some money. And to do that today, we have an excellent person from the area joining us. We have Rob Clemens of Carolina Bay's Real Estate and Construction. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to, to have you here. Uh, Rob has been in home improvement for many, many years, and he is a, a very well networked and involved person in the the home improvement and builder industry here in Myrtle Beach. So he is a great resource to have. If anybody out there has a question um, or a story you'd like to share with us, a question maybe for Rob as the uh, show goes on, something might come to mind. Uh, hit us up on our pro line. It's 888-385-PROS. That's 888-385-7767. You can call, leave a voicemail, or send a text message. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and help you out with any questions that you may have. Um, so, Rob, you know, tell us tell us a little bit about who, who Rob Clemens is. Well, first of all, I appreciate the intro. That made me feel really uh, good to say I was so well-networked in this area. And uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, that's what it's all about. I, I actually graduated from Coastal Carolina, and um, but I, I took the unconventional route into construction. I was a bachelor's of science with a marketing uh, specialization, and I found myself working for a home builder shortly therein. I started as director of marketing. and But from there, I, I, I've kind of fell in love with the business. The building business has been very good to me, and that's something that I like to share with the people. Whenever I'm talking to school kids, college kids, high school kids, whatever, say the business has been good to me, and we don't talk about how good it is a lot of times. So, um, and then over the years, I've, I've just focused on the real estate construction, just being the best all around guy I can be, and focusing on customers first. You know how that goes. So, so little Rob, growing up, yeah. What, what kind of experience did you have around, you know, construction or, or home improvement? All right. Where, well, did, it, where did it start for I, you? I love this question because my father was a preacher, a Methodist preacher, okay? So mm-hmm. uh, my limitation in construction was that I knew that uh, Jesus was a carpenter. Uh, and, and outside of that, you know, it was kind of like a big deal if my dad would, like, hang some pictures on the wall. That was, like, our, our extent of things. But little Rob, I thought I was going to be a baseball card store owner. So I had my—yeah, my, my, so I had my—, my my room set up with baseball cards all over the place and, you know, and, and the little dollar signs on the ones. Now, if you've been following the baseball card market, uh, and I'm talking about yeah, the you're ones. probably doing better in construction. <laughs> that was not a great investment, nor yeah. was it a great career plan. And this is the, the path of life. But um, but I, I had a great uh, opportunity to, to have a mentor in the business that was in construction for his career. And I learned a lot from him uh, once I got into the construction industry. So, uh, yeah, so I went from That's, nothing to something. Yeah. That's that's crazy because my story is very similar. Uh, my father was kind of a neighborhood handyman. Okay. And the pastor of our church was a general contractor. And the church had been leasing a building from uh, a, another organization, and they finally found a building and bought the building, and we're going to renovate the building, and we were going to move into it and make it our, our new home, okay. our new church. Yeah. 
And so, of course, the pastor was asking for people to come up and volunteer and help. And so myself, my brother, my father, we would go up there in the evenings, you know, when we had time. I would say my dad would drag us up there. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends and we would work. And uh, one day the pastor said, hey, man, you guys are pretty good at this stuff. You've been very helpful. We really appreciate, appreciate your help. You know, I could throw some business y'all's way if you're interested. And uh, so that kind of. Uh, developed and escalated and my father started a handyman slash you know remodeling business and are you kidding me it started right there from that yeah know? from the church I was thinking you were going to tell me the pastor blessed you or prayed for you guys to be a great service or something but nothing like that he just got you some referrals well you know we're going to talk more about it on the show but you just alluded to something that I think is a part of you know home improvement and it's, it is a service industry mm-hmm. oh yeah so what we do is a service, um, and the ones that are best at it and provide the best service um, hopefully have that that humbleness and belief in the higher power. I, I agree completely. You know, one thing I'll tell you is, and that's not just true of construction either. You know, we, we've gotten so much into over the years of top 10 ways to be a great salesman and great sales techniques. And I even brought a book here today we'll talk about later if you want. But the idea is all these these methods to to win sales. But really, at the end of the day, if you can understand a person's need and come into it with, hey, look, all I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a problem solver. You know, they have a need. How can I solve it? And I think the more giving heart you have, the better you'll do at it. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've done some public speaking with some groups before, some property management groups. And I've also worked with some uh, some small business up and coming organizations um, and I always get asked the same question, and you probably do as well. You know, what do you think is the most important key to being successful? <laughs> you know, many times. Uh-huh. And, and I was speaking one time in front of a, it was a Wake Tech Community College, um, like entrepreneurial small business class, and uh, a young a young guy asked me that question. And I said, well, the first thing that I think you need to focus on if you want to be successful in business is don't worry about making money. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you should have saw the looks on everyone's faces. It jaws <laughs> dropping, the room goes silent, uh-huh. and they're like, you know, can you explain what that means? Right, right, right. And I said, you know, you need to build a reputation, and you need to develop core values. And if you focus on your reputation and your core values, the money will come. Well, I'm going to give you one that I think is is playing along those lines. So I'm going to be doing a presentation at the Chamber of Commerce uh, coming up next week. And um, it's all about customer service and how to maximize it. Uh, one of the great companies out there, in fact, the highest rated company uh, by the Consumer Index is Trader Joe's. And anybody who's ever been to a Trader Joe's, they always say, man, it was just such a great experience. Everybody was so nice. And then you go to the Trader Joe's website and you look at their core values and they talk about what they want a customer to feel like when they're at the store. So it starts from customer first always. And I loved it on their website because they actually said, we want our customers to say, wow, that was such a great experience and I can't wait to go back. But, you know, here's the thing. So many of us in business, we we use these marketing slogans. We care about our customers. Our customers are number one. But that's only a marketing slogan. Are you really practicing that? Trader Joe's does, and they're one of the number one ranked companies in America. So we can all learn from that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the most successful businesses, that's that's the focus. Yeah, absolutely. uh, There's a a company that we work with uh, in North Carolina. That their slogan is, we don't want to be the biggest, we just want to be the best. Like it.
Yeah. You know, and I, that that's rang with me, and I remember that quite often. Um, so anybody out there, if you're listening, if you got questions, we would love to, to answer those questions for you, maybe on one of the upcoming episodes. If we do answer your question, you could win a gift certificate. Uh, I've got some gift certificates to Black Rifle Coffee Company. Oh, my gosh. Uh, America's Coffee. Wow. Um, yeah. Can no. I ask the question and answer it and still get the coffee? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I the technicality on we're, we're going to have some questions we're going to diagnose a uh, home improvement horror story uh later in the show with rob's uh expertise and uh see if we can't get some questions answered when we come back uh right here on grand strand home pros radio Welcome back to Grand on the Strand Home Pros Radio with your host, Craig, the floor guy. And we are here with Rob Clemens from Carolina Bay's Real Estate and Construction. Um, he's going to help us diagnose some homeowner uh, home improvement horror story issues in a minute. But uh, before we get to that, I want to know a little bit about Carolina Bay's real estate and construction. <laughs> right. And how that how that happened. You, you know, I love it. And I'll give you the condensed story since we don't have three hours to talk about it. But uh, but I started Carolina Bay's Real Estate LLC with the uh, vision of I was in the home building industry and we're building custom homes. So I thought, you know, it makes sense if you can really master your entire domain. And we thought, look, we can acquire a lot. We can go build on that lot. We can go list our own property if we want to. And so that was kind of the original reason that I started the real estate side. Uh, but when I went off on my own completely, you know, you, you can take a guy out of construction, but he, his heart's always going to be there. So uh, I re-deviated, I guess we could say, and I just added the construction part. And I really went in thinking, I want to be the one-stop shop for people truly that need something related to a home. If you want to buy a, land, a piece of land, I can help you with that, and we can build a home or get one of our builder team building the home. Uh, if you want to buy a current home and just remodel it, add a, an addition or change out the bathroom, I could help you with both sides of that. And then by the same token, if you just are just like a regular person out there owning a home right now and you just want to make an improvement, you could call me for that too. So I really want to be that person who, if I can't help you, I guarantee you I'll find the resource to help you. So just give me a call. So, so you guys at Carolina Bay's, you are licensed realtor or real estate agencies. Is yep. it is it an agency or do you it, have individually absolutely. licensed agents? And, and how many? Yeah, so we so we are part of the National Association of Realtors, and so I'm actually the licensed broker in charge of the company. And each person underneath me that works in the real estate division, they're all licensed realtors. Uh, and then on the construction side, I'm a licensed home builder. So uh, we got a different division that does the remodeling and things. So yeah, yeah. And I love we're going to talk about licensing because we're kind of starting at the top here as it comes to, to licensing and home improvement with builders. But you, you mentioned the the real estate association. You're you're a member of a lot of other associations oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. List those and, and break those down well, for, so for everybody listening. So I want you guys to out there listening to know the resource that I've brought you today. <laughs> I mean. You know, you're you're associated with a builders association, oh, yeah. the real estate association. You've got family, yeah, in the business. 
So I'm going to I'll start off like this. And, and of course, my, my family does work with Daywall Homes. So they're they're building custom homes. And, and so they're a resource that I'll tap into a lot. Uh, I'm a member of the Home Builders Association, which is actually state association, national association and local or a Georgetown. Uh, I'm currently the vice president of the state association. Next year, I will be the president. I've already been elected. So that's great. Um, we have some big plans. And I don't know if you'll have time to talk about regulation today, but well, we can go that I route. know there's some listeners out there that have questions about what's going on with new homes being built oh, no doubt. in the county. So Absolutely. we can definitely touch on that. 100%. And, and to go into the other things, yes, we're members of the Realtor Association, a member of the local Chamber of Commerce. Um, and I believe that it's important to stay connected to your community. Look, it, whether you're talking about construction or any business, I wanted to be tapped in. I, I sponsor Coastal Carolina University Athletics, for example. Um, it was important to me to let people know I live here, I work here, and I'm not here today just to make a little bit of money and then run. I'm here to be here when you need me 15, 20 years from now. And so uh, that was everything I do. And when you talk about being well-connected to the community, um, don't just get involved with an association. Get in and, and get active, you know. Go, go do the beach sweeps when you can, yeah. you know. Help so, people. so what he's saying, everybody out there listening – he is the epitome of the expression or the term a local good old boy. It doesn't get more local good old boy than Rob Clemens of Carolina Bays. There you go. There so. you go. And, and you know, look, I, I'll tell you, I, I was blessed to, you know, grow up and have a lot of experiences. As I said, my father was a preacher, but to complete the story, he was a, a preacher in the Air Force as well. So we traveled around a lot. But my roots when I wow. came here for Coastal Carolina was – Look, these are th this is my home now, you know, and and we all hear those horror stories, and maybe this will lead into one of your segments about these fly by night contractors, right? They come in, they do some work, and then when you need them next, they're not there. And Craig, you know what I'm talking about on the flooring side. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you in all of your experiences thus far, I want to hear a horror story. I want to hear one of the biggest mistakes, or just some of the biggest mistakes you see people making, like for instance, buying a house and remodeling it versus building a new house, you know, because there's <clears throat> There's just so many choices out there, especially in this market. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I wanted to launch this show, because I wanted to help educate people on where do you go? Do I need a contractor? Do I need a guy off Facebook? Do I need permits? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the horror stories are, are not all, um, you know, directly ones I was involved with. But keeping in mind with my with my positions on the local and state board, I've, I've heard a lot of horror stories. And, you know, they range from things as simple as wiring issues that burn a house down. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we as consumers and look, I'm a consumer, too. So that's the thing I always start when I'm talking to a customer who's considering doing business. I say, look, I'm a consumer. I know I want the best price that I can get, but I also want to know somebody knows what they're doing, right? If And I use the analogy of somebody's driving down the road, you're driving down the road and you're hungry, you see a guy on the side of the street selling shrimp, do you just go buy it from him? I mean, you're going to probably think about that twice, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> never. Craig the Floor Guy has never bought shrimp out of the back of a truck. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and you'd be, you would be very, very questionable to do so. Yeah. Not but, saying that there's not some good deals on some shrimp out there, but. And, and you might not get sick from it, but you yeah. might get sick. And that's yeah. the point. Look, I, I do a lot of bidding against people and you have to ask the question, are they licensed? Uh, we've seen pools that weren't uh, leveled out properly and start sinking. We've seen houses that uh, I saw one on, on social media the other day where a house had not been squared up properly and they had not secured it properly and the whole mm -hmm. house fell over mid construction well does that contractor have general liability whether they can foot the bill to fix that that's the question marks right yeah so one of the big one of the big issues i'm seeing in this market is people going on next door facebook you know 
hey, looking to screen in my back porch, does anybody know a guy? Oh, man, that's the worst. And I just saw, I like I like to uh, kind of troll these these sites and stuff because it's where I get a lot of my information that I like to discuss and know what's going on. But I just saw one the other day. The post said, do not hire this guy. He is a wanted felon, this and this and that. And then as I'm reading the comments, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I guess it was someone that may have referred this this particular person and he did an okay job for us and uh, and i'm like people stop going wow. to facebook or next door for professionals well you know if they're professionals they're not on you know what i mean they're not advertising on next door and facebook i have a couple of suggestions if you're out there and you're looking at doing a project first of all i i know this sounds cliche get a few quotes in fact when i'm talking to people sometimes i say are you, are you getting some quotes and they're like no and i say hey get a couple of quotes i want you to make sure my bid's good you know, ask about licensing if somebody is going to be doing work on your house you need to know if they're licensed and it's a huge part of the credentials third thing look for that insurance you know we don't ask enough you know do you have general liability that's the biggie to me because somebody's working on your home they drive a nail through the wrong pipe and your house floods out uh, now you have homeowners insurance sure but is that your problem should it go on your insurance i want to make sure i've got a guy who has that stuff is he affiliated with certain uh, associations like the home builders association how serious are you about your industry if you're not in the major industry for your uh, company right so i want to touch on licenses real quick for the listeners out there um, they're probably listening to you saying, well, this guy's a, he's a home builder. Of course he has to be licensed, but what they may not know that in the state of South Carolina, there are licensings re required. Well, it's called a specialty contractor's license. It's a whole nother division of licenses. Myself as a, as a flooring contractor, I have a state flooring license, mm -hmm. uh, masonry and stucco roofing, painting, anybody really that's working for a homeowner. I, I would bet you there's a state license. And if you're listening out there, you can go to the state uh, licensing board's website and you can verify if someone's licensed. Or if you're getting quotes, like Rob said, you're getting a few quotes from people, ask them, are you licensed? Now, we're not talking about an Horry County business license. We're not talking about a city of Myrtle Beach business license. We're talking about a state of South Carolina specialty contractor's license. And if they can't show you their, their contractor's license, I would, I would run. Well, and, and one quick aside for that is that it, it, when somebody has a license, you also know as the homeowner, as the purchaser, that you do have a board that you could go up to if you needed to, to make a complaint. And that's important. I mean, look, at the end of the day, not everybody is is a church-going person with some kind of uh, honor code. Uh, so you do need to make sure you've checked your boxes and that you're working the right contractor. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, have, I have met people who have had some... I've been involved in some stories where it didn't go right, whatever the project may be, um, and they didn't know that there was a, a specialty contractor license. So we're going to talk more about that with Rob when we come back right here on Grand Strand Home Pros Radio.
Welcome back to Grand on the Strand Home Pros Radio with your host, Craig Henson, a.k.a. Craig the Floor Guy, and Rob Clemens of Carolina Bay's Real Estate and Construction. Today's episode is brought to you by American Dream Flooring and Tile, which happens to be my company. Uh, At American Dream Flooring and Tile, you will get a lifetime installation warranty. We have a best price guarantee. We offer no interest financing. We pride ourselves on offering made-in-the-USA products. Um, and we have in-stock specials. We've got everything from sheet vinyl to carpet, luxury vinyl plank, uh, hardwood and laminates starting at 50 cents a square foot to a dollar a square foot, $2 a square foot. So if you want knowledgeable, great service, great prices, a lifetime installation warranty, or if you just want some advice and some direction, give us a call at American Dream Flooring and Tile. It's 8776-FLOORS. You can go to our website, AmericanDreamFloor.com. Or you can stop by our beautiful 3,000-square-foot showroom located at 2294 Glens Bay Road in the Food Line Shopping Center. So, Rob, what's uh, what's some current projects you have going on? How, how could you best serve as someone out there listening right now? So, my projects start from the small to the big, and we'll, and we'll stick on the construction side with this. So, uh, the first thing I always tell people, my bread and butter is porch enclosures, to be honest with you. If, if you, there's just anybody out there right now and you're sitting inside of your cold porch or you got the screen porch that gets all dirty and you have to keep cleaning it out, especially during pollen season, I do porch enclosures as my you know daily project. But going above and beyond that, we get into, I just t- took a person's bonus room, pulled the whole roof off, reframed the walls, redid the whole roof just to give them a little bit more headroom. If you've ever been in a bonus room, you know how it has those low slope ceilings. So we made a little bit more usable room, uh, doing a big project in North Myrtle uh, where we're, we've ripped out the a lot of the walls and we're just replumbing the place and doing new cabinets, the whole nine yards. Um, and then I've got a, a project that I'm working on, which is a little tiny home down in the Conway area. And it's a, basically got everything that your full-size home has, but it's only 230 square feet. But pick Picture a home with 230 square feet, full kitchen, washer and dryer, bathroom with shower, you toilet, the whole nine yards, and we fit it all into 230 square feet. So that was a pretty fun project, too. Well, I'm six foot four, 285 pounds. I can't even relate. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't see myself getting in the front door. You'll be glad to know that the ceiling is indeed nine feet, though, so you'll still fit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen the, the, the home, the shows on television with their showing the tiny homes, building the tiny homes, and yeah. I'm sitting there going, I just don't get it. You, you know, they do them out of those uh, metal containers. And they do some really them. neat stuff, Oh, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they, you know, have the stuff and hidden and you fold it up, and You're then right. there's, oh, there's a under the bed, there's this and that, or it's it's... It's amazing, but uh, no, I like a big, nice, comfy home. Myself. Yeah, you're still going to – yeah. we, we want to bump you up to 400, <laughs> 500 square feet. No, no. Yeah, a tiny home for me would <laughs> right. probably be 1,200 square yeah, feet. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, so you, you mentioned the uh, screened-in porches. Now, that seems like a relatively easy project. Yeah. So someone out there listening, they the, the porch is there. Yeah. There's, there's columns already. There, it's already got a roof on it. So, I mean, couldn't any – couldn't any uh, chuck in a truck come out there and slap some screen panels up and they'd be good to go? Absolutely. Just like you said, it'll slap some screen panels up and get the heck out of there, right? <laughs> now, here's the deal that I normally see. It's it's like, here's your most valuable product that you own, your home. In most cases, this is a person's most primary asset. And then you hire chuck in a truck to go do it. Here's the thing that usually happens with chuck in a truck that you don't understand. 
Uh, the, yes, they're going to be cheap because they don't have any insurance. They don't have any licenses. And that's the exact reason you want to run away from those guys. I don't know about you, but I would never buy a car that from somebody that I couldn't track down. You know. So it, if we just want to screen in the porch, yeah. do we need a permit for that? Uh, yes. Well, actually, you need to talk to your local municipality. But in Horry County, for example, um, and, and don't quote me on this, but the old rule was, at least, that if you're doing anything, even minorly structural, that is going to be $500 or more, they definitely want you to pull a permit. So, yes, you need to pull a permit for that. And, uh, you know, look, it starts with a small thing, right, Craig? You know, you, well, all we're doing is screening. But what, can't we just remove this one header up here because we want to get a little taller room? You know, does Chuck in a truck, no, you can't do that. Uh, they're great contractors, maybe, but they don't know engineering. So that's why sometimes you, you do have to look above and beyond the obvious. And you had mentioned to me before in another conversation about making that porch an additional square footage or, or a, 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 a part of the, the square footage of the home and increasing the value of the home. How does that work? Where's the breaking point, and, and what, do we, what do we have to do to achieve that? Well, okay, so let, let's go back, and, and I do have a horror story for you, but I'm gonna, I'll rewind to that later. Um, so the first thing that people need to understand if you're going to enclose a porch is what exactly are we doing? Because there's a difference between a porch enclosure and a heated square footage of your house. Uh, what's the difference? Well, if it's an enclosed porch, we're just trying to keep out pollen, rain, cold air, things like that. Uh, but once we get into a truly add-on heated square footage that you could use on part of your appraisal. We need to make sure that the slab is a certain height above grade. We need to make sure that we have outlets at certain spots per code. You're going to have one within six foot of any corner, for example, and going around. Uh, you need to make sure you have a certain insulation value, right? Uh, that code says I need to have at least R13 in there. So if you come in and you, you know, you're just going to enclose it with some windows and think that you got heated area, well, you're, you're missing a lot of the boat and, and you really can't report it as heated square footage. So if you do it right. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, and, and we have that discussion, right? Yeah. This is part of having a good contractor come out. We're going to talk about options, and we're going to have that very discussion. You know, what's your agenda here? And if the agenda is I'm trying to turn this into heated area for my home so I can increase the size of my home, heated square footage, then I'm going to do a totally different package. But if you're like most of the customers I meet and you just want to be able to use that porch for 11 or 12 months a year instead of the six you're using it right now well we can help you with that too so have you ever had a customer and I, i've had this happen to me it happened to me recently you propose to them with your professional knowledge you know they tell you what they want you say well to achieve that we need to do this mm -hmm. oh no no i don't want to do that i want to do it this way right uh, you know it happens but honestly a lot of times i'll come down and i'll say i'm i'm, I'm just not going to be able to do that project yeah I'm, and, not, I'm not your guy yeah exactly and there's nothing wrong with that look this is like dating man not every single person is going to be a marriage right sometimes you got to go study for a little while and sometimes you're better off not even having the date right so we need to discuss that at the end uh, at the end of the day and i always tell customers i say look there's not going to be a hard you know, sales pitch here. You know, we're not going to get to the end of the day. I'm going to say, what do I have to do to get you in this porch? Right. <laughs> uh, I'm just not going to do it, but I will present you options and true knowledge so you can make the best decision for yourself. Can I go back to that one horror story I wanted to tell you? Please do. You, you mentioned something to me and, and I have heard this one. It's a cautionary tale for anybody, but we talk about money up front. Uh, money mm. up front is important in this business, but and it's not a bad word, by the way. I, I order custom size windows for almost every porch enclosure I do. So once I order them, I can't use them anywhere but your house. So if I don't have some money down and you decide that you're not going to do the project, well, I'm out, you know, a few grand of money. And I, you know, I don't want that. So I do ask for money down. 
Here's where you have to look at the cautionary tale. You get somebody that doesn't have an office, they don't have licensing, they don't have anywhere where you can go back on them, and they say, hey, I need you know $3,000 to, to get started, and then you never see them again. That's much more likely if you're not working for, with a professional. And yeah. I, I did hear a story about somebody recently that they they underbid everybody, and they said, and we can start on this you know supposed date, uh, but we do need half down today. And the people gave the half down, never saw them again. And that was, a, I think it was $10,000 in that situation. So you just beware of who you're working with before you get in, into a relationship. Yeah, I, I met a homeowner recently here in, in Myrtle Beach that uh, had a fire in their home. And uh, file an insurance claim, and you know, I'd say probably seventy-five percent of the house had to be basically rebuilt. Mm. And they hired a a local contractor. And um, when I met them, it was more than a year after the process began. The work wasn't finished. The work that I saw wasn't done correctly. Yeah. A lot of yeah. stuff was having to be you know ripped out and redone. And every time the homeowner would go back and say, hey, you know, this isn't right. You guys need to fix this. They'd say, well, we need more money. <laughs> we need more money. Wow. That's crazy, right? So, I, I mean, how, does, how, should that, how should that work in that situation? Well, so the first thing you have to understand is there is actually a, a national warranty standard. And, and I think we have to be aware of that. You know, one thing that happens with this industry, and, and you picked a subject we could go way deep on, but we're going we're to condense it down to 60 seconds here. The idea is that, you know, you see that crack in your concrete. Uh, should the contractor come back and fix that? Well, you know, we know concrete's going to crack. That's why we have control joints and expansion joints when you pour concrete. Um, so what's acceptable and what's not? Well, what's co cosmetic and what's structural and all these things? And there has to be a level of reason, right? We're not we're not building widgets in a factory. So the idea is, long story short, that you have to look at sometimes a standard. In concrete, it's quarter inch, right? If it's bigger than a quarter inch, we have a problem. But to go back to your specific thing, if somebody says, yes, this isn't done right, well, I'm going to have to charge you more to fix it, I think that would be categorically wrong in most cases. But, um, but you know, I, you'd have to have a specific before we could really say for sure that it's on the homeowner or the contractor, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we got some good information, folks, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on the uh, pro line, 888-385-PROS. Uh, for any of you get out there that can't spell, that's 888-385-7767. If you've got a question, um, and, you know, I don't want to be all negative here. If you got a recommendation, a company or a contract you've worked with that did a good job, I want to know about them, too. I'll bring them on the show. You're listening to Grand on the Train Home Pros Radio. Strand Home Pros Radio. You are here with Craig the Floor Guy and Rob Clemens of Carolina Bay's Real Estate and Construction. Rob, how do we how do we keep homeowners out there from becoming a horror story? Just do your homework and don't chase the lowest dollar. You know, honestly, we all have to have that that sense, that little thing in the back of our head that says 
sometimes things just don't make sense. If, I, if I've got three bids and one guy's at 10 and the other one's at nine and the other guy's at 6,500, that's not the no-brainer to go with the 6,500 guy. Yeah, I was going to, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I'm seeing homeowners make when they're approaching their home improvement projects is it's they're all just focused on color and price, you know, what they want and where they can get it the cheapest from. Mm-hmm. And I've found doing my due diligence in this market, there's not a huge delta between the, you know, Chuck and a truck and the licensed professional mm-hmm. because the, the, uh, you know, unprofessionals in this market, they're not cheap. Well, that, that's true, but you know, there's one thing I did learn. The more complex the project, the more likely a guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's bidding the project. Yeah, and and so and that, you got to keep it in, in scale. You know, the for, scale for of sure. the project. There's going to be a, a, a different delta, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, there's more likelihood. Sometimes when I hear a bid and and I'll hear a number that somebody's saying they've been quoted that I know is lower than my cost. It's impossible, but you know, the contractor is either a inexperienced and and they're missing a lot of things, and and you know, will they go and finish it later? or will they just walk when they find out they're going to lose money on the job? Uh, or B, are they playing a game? And you and I have talked about this off the air before, but there is a, a philosophy of some contractors. And again, we don't want to tell all the horror stories, but I've heard it all. Uh, person who comes in really low, but as the project's going on, every single gray area is an add-on, right? You, yeah. know, you know that happens. I gave a customer a quote the other day to do a shower. We don't just do floors at American Dream Flooring and Tile. We do showers and kitchens and baths as well. Yeah. So I was referred to a a homeowner in Myrtle Beach for a shower estimate, and uh, I walked in the house, and the first thing she said to me, she said, now I'm not going to pay $8,000 for a shower. (laughs) And I'm thinking, well, if you call those guys that are advertising on TV for the one-day showers, you're going to pay a lot more than that. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Because they're charging eleven, twelve, fifteen thousand $15,000 for their one-day plastic showers. Um, and I'm thinking, man, you know, 8,000 kind of sounds like a good deal. I said, well, <laughs> I'm like, well, let, let's measure it all up and let's talk about the design and what kind of tile you want. And I said, I'll, you know, we give line item, no gimmick pricing. So it's very easy to compare our prices to, to others. And, um, so I do my measurement and I start asking her some questions I needed to finish, you know, pricing out the design that she wanted and the scope of work that she wanted. And, um, I said, well, you know, just talking to you, I can tell you, I said, you're going to, you're going to probably be in that eight to $10,000 range. Um, you know, depending on what we get into as far as plumbing and this and this and that. She said, well, I had another guy. He said he could do it for 2,500. And I said, ma'am, I dare you to hire that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a feedback I get from homeowners a lot. One guy's 2,500, one guy's 8,000 and one guy's 12,000. Uh, yeah. And they're just perplexed. They're like, you know what I mean? And I almost see a comfort in their faces when they've get they get three quotes and it's, you know, eighty five hundred, eight thousand or nine thousand. Uh-huh. You know, then they just go with the guy they like the best. It seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Or or her, you know, whoever it, it may be, because there are some women in construction as well out there. We'll shout out to them real quick. There well, are some, and, and by the way, know, let's so. make sure we do shout that out yeah. because um in two thousand twenty three I've seen more great women contractors than ever before. And I and I believe we need more of them in the industry. So I, I definitely encourage and um, you know, sometimes uh, the great thing about the the, the women contractors are um, they look from a different perspective, and sometimes they take a little bit longer to actually take time on the service side. I can tell you my philosophy on this, Craig. Um, I've always said, and we talk about treat your customers like they are important, but I honestly try to personalize each one. This could be my brother. This could be my dad. This could be my daughter if I had a kid or something. Yeah. I, I want to take it like that and say, 
you know, how do we make them happy on the back end? And that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, you know, the listeners of 94.5 know that they've heard a lot about the shortages in, in skilled labor and construction. Um, you know, the Builder Association is working with Liz on the Liz Calloway and Nick show. Um, I think you've actually appeared on there to discuss you that. Sure have, yeah. Go ahead and, and, and hit the finer high points. Well, well, let's hit the finer high points. Uh, so if you're thinking about changing a career or getting into a career that you can really grow faster than almost any other industry, I'd say construction might be for you. Uh, I've done some stats recently with uh, college students. And, and look, I'm a college grad, so I will never not go into college. But at the same time, I know that a lot of the industry of people or a lot of people, if you do a cross-section, really aren't don't want to go to college or maybe that's not really their, their sweet spot. But you can get into construction relatively early. And if you're willing to work with your hands and put in a good day's work, uh, average salaries are in that forty to forty-eight thousand dollars range, um, and so that's that's good numbers. Now, of course, there's going to be that point where if you have no skills at all, you're going to have to work through and get a, a little skills before you get to those numbers. Uh, but look at electricians, for example. I did the stat the other day. The median price uh, uh, pay for salary for an electrician in this state is $46,000. That's a median pay. Uh, the best ones are up over 50. And I know some working for a local electrician here who are closer to $100,000. So here's where I see the issue. Okay. I think we need more regulation. Mm -hmm. Regulated trades, HVAC, electrical, plumbing, home builders. Mm -hmm. You've got to have licenses. Yeah. You have to have special training and you, you have to have these these certified skill sets, flooring, painting, roofing, all you need is a white van and somebody to cut you a check. How do we fix that? Well, the first thing is, is that there are some licensing uh, labor relations. We're going to have to definitely look at on a state level at some point, looking at a little bit more definition of to how you get some of the licensing you get. The, the But the first step is, we don't want to poo-poo this, just the people who are getting the license at all tell you that they've got a certain mindset of, of quality, but maybe a, a little bit more testing could be a, a solution to that. But I, it, it will still always come back to the customer doing their homework. Get a couple of references, um, check out their, their insurance situation, because those are the ways you protect things. I'll give you an example, and I, I was going to throw this back to you on the flooring thing, um, because I'm sure you've seen the good and the bad. But as a contractor, I've, I've subcontracted some flooring companies before who did tile work, and I I don't know if they mix the thin set wrong and, and you know, or what not, but all of a sudden, two years into the home being built, you, you, you start hearing that hollow sound underneath the tile. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you how do you prevent that stuff? Well, I, and, and I, I guess I'll open the floor for you. How do you prevent that? Well, you don't cut corners. You know, you can slap the tile straight to the slab uh -huh. or you can put crack isolation membrane there you go. underneath it. And then you have, you know, a two to three times more integral installation. Because exactly. we all know in a new construction, that house is going to move yep. quite a bit. You're going to have settling. You're going to have expansion and contraction. And that happens the most in the first five, seven years of the home. Absolutely. You're going to see the signs of that. So whenever we have a customer that asks us to do tile, we always give them the option. We say, look, if you want it to last, you don't want to have cracks, we recommend using this crack isolation membrane. It's going to add several dollars a square foot to the cost of the install. But because we know as professionals that's an option, we give that option to the customer. 
and then we typically quote it to them both ways, with or without, and we let them make the call. So, so here's the beauty of this whole thing, and and, and I'm going to use that, and then I'm going to use roofing. So we're going to start with the foundation, and then we're going to go to the roofing. What you're really saying is some contractors almost get shy at some points about talking about the right way to do it, because you know if you quote it with the anti-fracture membrane going underneath, that you're going to be a couple of bucks a square foot higher at least, yeah, right? could be a couple thousand, three thousand dollars more. could be a big, and, and your worry is, is that some other guy comes in and goes, oh yeah, I I'm not even going to talk about that. And now the homeowner is seeing that variation. But what we know in the business is the homeowner who got it without it is more than likely going to have some crack tile or some hollowness later. Roofing, it happens a lot. You know, do you need drip edge? Do you need the proper underlayment? Do you need um, ice and water membrane on the valleys? These are all key components that some guys could leave out, right? And how do you know the difference? It comes back to doing your homework. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we're doing rework. Or if we're demoing the previous work, we find things where corners were cut, mm -hmm. uh, found a, a floor outlet that was covered the other day, and we told the homeowner, we can't cover that floor outlet. You need to have an electrician come out here and reinstall the proper floor box with the cap, mm -hmm. um, or he needs to completely eliminate that wire from the breaker box, Yeah, and then we can fill the hole where the cap was, smooth it out, grind it down, level it. And then install the floor over it. Well, that would have been a several day delay. He wanted the floor done that day. So it, it, at first he, he said, I'm paying you this and this and that. I want it done this way. And I said, unfortunately, sir, when you hire American Gene Flooring and Tile, we have to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the last guy, well, I'm not the last guy. I'm the guy that's here now. And unfortunately, I'm telling you, I can't cover that outlet. Mm -hmm. So we did get him in contact with an electrician. And uh, hopefully he got it put back in. And also I told him, I said, look, that's an equitable part of your home. Just because you don't use it and you don't like it doesn't mean that, you know, someone down the road that owns this home might not need it there. But the right thing to do was to not cover that outlet. And sure enough, it had been covered. Well, you know, I, I understand the homeowners and I understand the anxieties they feel when something that you couldn't have known pops up as the contractor. So I, I do get it. And, and we, we take that care to make sure people understand that, look, I know you don't want to spend an extra two, three, four hundred dollars or whatever this this extra thing is. But by the same token, if I take the easy path as a contractor, I just cover it back up. I am not doing you a service. Uh, that is just not what I promised you from the day that we first started talking about doing work together. I told you I was going to take care of you like you're my family. And if you're my family member, I'm certainly not covering this up, uh, right? I, I want to take care of you. So sometimes uh, when the homeowners hear those things that they feel bad, um, you know, maybe get a, a second opinion if you need to, but understand your contractor is just trying to do a good job for you usually. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, wow. A lot of information, folks. And like I said, if, if you've got questions, you need a referral for a pro. Between myself and the, the team of people that I work with here in the market, uh, Liz Calloway and all of her connections, we can help get you in touch with a local licensed professional to get your projects done right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here today for the show. Um, remember, be part of the problem. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Always hire licensed professionals and anytime possible buy Made in the USA. Thanks for tuning in.